A Cadmian Victory by M.J. Bradley Read by Sam Gabriel Based on the works of J.K. Rowling Chapter 107 Soul Survivor A slim, warm arm slipped around his shoulders. Harry opened his eyes and received a face full of silver-blonde hair as Fleur tucked her head into his collarbone. "'Is cold?' she moaned into his neck, snuggling against him. "'I'm cold?' Spiraling patterns of frost spread across the window, and a stiff breeze buffeted the long grass in the meadows. "'I'm sure there's some way to enchant the walls and windows to retain the heat better,' Henry said, moving her hair out of her eyes. "'No? He's dangerous?' Fleur mumbled, tucking her ice-cold feet into his legs. "'You can destroy your house in any number of interesting ways if you make even a small mistake. Big risk of a fire?' "'Speaking of fire,' Harry smiled down at the bundle of silver hair tucked under his chin. "'I'm sure there are easier ways to warm your feet.' "'I like this way,' Fleur said. "'It is nice to have you here warming up the bed again.' "'I feel so appreciated,' Harry grinned and kissed her on the top of her head. "'You know you're appreciated.' Fleur leant her head back and shot him a sultry smirk from beneath her lashes. Her fingers traced their way down Harry's stomach, leaving light, hot lines as they trailed lower and lower. The warts thrummed, and her fingers flinched away. "'I'll see who it is.' Harry snatched his wand from beneath the pillow and conjured himself a set of simple dark robes from the air. "'Nobody's meant to be visiting today,' Fleur whispered scrambling for her clothes on the opposite side of the bed. Sirius and the rest of the order have all been fighting around the clock. Harry crept along the landing and peered out the small window on the stairs. A silver griffin paced to the edge of the unyielding shield charm, clawing at the ground and shaking its head. It's a Patronus. Sirius is probably unless Cappy loves griffins. Cappy's Patronus is probably a smutty book. Fleur called back. Or some kind of made-up villa Valkyrie? "'I'll go out and see who it is,' Harry said. "'Get ready just in case it's a trap.' He apparated out to the edge of the wards and peered into the trees. "'All right, then,' he edged out of the wards. "'Harry!' Sirius's voice emanated from the silver griffin. "'Come to Azkaban. Come fast. It's all going wrong.' His blood ran cold. "'Flair's going to kill me for disappearing off without her.' Harry flicked his wand at the house and set his on Patronus soaring toward their bedroom and took a deep breath. But I can't take her with me, not if it's going to be dangerous. If Voldemort sees her, he'll try to take her away just to see what I'll do. He pictured the images of Azkaban he'd glimpsed in Jugson's head and wrenched the world back past him. The Tower of Azkaban loomed over dark stone. Black water crashed upon whelk-studded, kelp-draped rocks as the sea swirled and surged around the island. Smoke rose from scorched craters, mingling with the salt-scented spray of the sea, and spells flashed back and forth between the tower and the low, domed building clinging to the cliff face above the waves. A ring of dark-robed figures hurled curses at the tower from behind a shield of shining silver serpents and mounds of bodies— a scatter of red-robed hit-wizards returned fire from behind the ground-floor windows, ducking and darting about inside. Mad Voldemort. Harry disillusioned himself and apparated down to a spur of rock overhanging the conflict, 
ignoring the cluster of dark-robed bodies upon it. At least he's lost a lot of followers. A handful of huge figures sprawled upon the rocks beneath the dome, shuddering with the waves and dyeing the white foam red as it washed past them. Dead giants, dead Death Eaters, dead Hit Wizards. Voldemort's shield vanished for an instant, and the dark mark exploded above the domed building, sending eerie green light flickering across the sky as the smoke drew together into a serpent and skull. Screams echoed from within Azkaban. He had some people on the inside. Harry's breath caught and he clenched his fists, watching little flashes of silver through windows of the tower's upper levels. No, not people. The Dementors. The hail of curses showering down from the tower thinned and faded away with a series of loud cracks. Then a swarm of skeletal figures burst from within the tower and poured into the windows of the lower levels. Voldemort's shield vanished and he thrust his wand in the air, sending a ripple of magic out to settle over the entire island like a glass bowl. What's Mares? Was serious? Harry cursed and peered across the field, searching for someone not in red amongst the huddle of hit wizards that now hurled themselves toward the domed building and away from Azkaban's tower. The crowd of red dwindled as Death Eaters apparated past them and threw spells from all directions. Bodies tumbled to the ground, green and black-robed. Black! A dark-robed figure bearing a half-warped silver mask began a furious assault upon a red-robed wizard near the front. There, Malfoy's found him. Harry reached out to test the strength of Voldemort's wards and grimaced. Not getting through those easily. A gush of purple flame swept past Malfoy, immolating a handful of Death Eaters behind him. Malfoy disappeared with a loud crack, then reappeared down by the sea, standing amidst the spray. Sirius gave chase as the swarm of Dementors exploded back out of the upper levels of the tower and swooped down upon the Hit Wizards. Where's the snake? Harry scanned the rocks. No sign of it, Mars. Alastor Moody! Voldemort strode out into the open, swatting aside a couple of spells. There is no escape. Death comes to embrace you. The Dementors drifted back. Moody stood alone above a mound of red-robed corpses. You gigantic cunt! I'm gonna take a piece of you with me! More than one I can fucking manage it! Voldemort circled the grizzled Auror, his robes whispering over the corpses. You will have to take your pound of flesh. Come and see if you're able to land a single spell on me. Nobody will interfere. A cold grin curved his lips. There's nobody left to interfere for you. Moody snarled and jabbed his wand at Voldemort, slashing and lashing it back and forth, sending spells of all colors hissing through the air. Voldemort flicked them all away, striding forward faster than Moody could limp back, unleashing a hail of his own spells. Moody deflected some, then threw up his shield, but the burning orange spells punched through the glowing silver light, shattering Moody's fake leg, and a bright whip of green flame snaked from the end of Voldemort's wand, severing Moody's hand. Pitiful. Voldemort crunched Moody's wand beneath his feet. I expected more. Fuck you. Moody let out a groan. Voldemort thrust his wand out, twisting his wrist like he was unlocking a door. 
Moody writhed, then his skull and spinal column ripped themselves out of his back in a spray of crimson, and he flopped to the ground. The gleaming ivory skull and spine hovered in the air, dripping thick red down onto the blood-stained, scorched stone. "'Victory!' Voldemort declared, tossing Moody's remnants aside. "'A million bones and the few remaining hit wizards have fled back to London. We will finish them soon.' He crooked a finger at the Dementors and pointed down to where Sirius and Malfoy staggered about on the rocks, grappling with one another through the crash of the waves. "'Deal with the last one.' Two Dementors swooped away down to the shoreline, and the snake slithered from among the Death Eaters to swallow Moody's corpse. The snake will have to wait. Harry apparated down onto the rocks and slipped his wand from his sleeve. Expect a Patronum, he whispered, pouring a thick veil of silver mist out between the Dementors and the island. He kept it up as he picked his way across the rocks, keeping one eye on the growing number of floating shadows hurling themselves against his Patronus. Malfoy shoved Sirius back off the rock and snatched a wand out of his robes. Tristus Cancro, he hissed. A bolt of teal light hit Sirius in the ribs, tearing a grunt from his lips. And barely scratched me, Lucy. Do you have a little blue potion you'd like to take before we keep going? Malfoy pulled the silver mask from his face and sneered down at Sirius with charred lips and a twisted mass of scarred flesh. You're dead, Black. "'And your family dies with you?' he froze, then grabbed at his forearm. "'Good riddance!' Harry glanced at the swarm of Dementors behind him, then jumped across to Malfoy's rock and kicked him down into the sea. "'Time to go, Sirius,' he quipped, abandoning his disillusionment. Sirius sagged onto the rocks. "'You're gonna have to carry me.' Harry watched Malfoy flounder in the waves, clawing his way up the rock, and grabbed Sirius's arm, gathering all his magic. You better hope I can break these walls. We're not going anywhere. He abandoned his Patronus and wrenched at the bubble of magic, crushing it down until the world whirled past him and they staggered across the kitchen floor at the meadow. Sirius sprawled onto the tiles, caked in blood, mud, and worse, dripping water. Fleur appeared, her eyes black as ink. We're going to have a long talk later, she hissed at Harry, tugging her wand from her waist and running it over Sirius's injuries one at a time. Guilt stabbed at Harry, twisting in his chest like a knife. Fair enough, he murmured. What happened? Fleur demanded. Voldemort went for a Azkaban. Sirius dragged himself into a chair. Scores of his followers died after taking the arbor, and so did a bunch of giants and werewolves. That's the only place he can magically travel to or from on Azkaban. And even then only by a portkey authorized by the Ministry. They had another spy then, Harry said. Yes. Sirius stared at his hands, brushing grime from the worst of the scratches. Voldemort and what's left of his inner circle punched through our counter-attack when we thought we'd gained the upper hand. He killed Dullish and Scrimter himself, tore apart the rest of the Aurors who were leading the charge. After that we tried to hold the tower and let his forces dash themselves against the walls. It was working until the fucking Dementors betrayed us, he sighed. I take it Moody didn't make it. Harry shook his head. Voldemort ripped his spine out. Fleur winced. Did anyone escape? Sirius shrugged. I think some got out before the Dementors got them and the wards went up. Amelia Bones got away, Harry said. Don't know about anyone else. Katie's father was stationed in London, so at least he's still fine.
Fleur let out a little hiss and tugged Sirius's tattered robes away from his ribs. A dark, crescent-shaped cut oozed thick yellow pus down his side. What is this? It looks worse than it is, Sirius said. It's just a small cut. What spell was it? Fleur poked the inflamed flesh around it with the tip of her wand. There's still magic in the wound. She tugged Sirius's robes down to his waist and traced swollen, dark veins down his side. Ah, dear. Sirius winced and squirmed as Fleur prodded the cut. You know that hurts, right? She ignored him. I can't stop the cut spreading by just taking it apart. Whoever cast it intended it to kill slowly. I can fix it, but it won't heal for at least a month or two as the rest of the magic in you fades away. Small price to pay, Sirius shrugged. Do it. This will hurt. A lot. Fleur pressed all five of her fingertips into the flesh around the wound and pinched, squeezing out a gush of red-tinged yellow pus. Sirius clenched his jaw and ground his heels into the tiles. She tightened her fingers until they went white and the trickle of pus slowed. I wasn't so bad, Sirius said, gritting his teeth. I haven't done it yet. Fleur raised her other hand and conjured a small blue flame on the tip of her finger. Shit! Harry's godfather paled and swallowed hard. Just don't get the face. I'm finally prettier than Lucy's. Don't ruin my chance to gloat. Fleur thrust the tip of her finger inside the wound and held it there. Sirius writhed, sweating and twisting in the chair. Done? She pulled her hand back and stepped over to the sink to wash it. That curse would have rotted you from the inside out over the next week if I had not burned away all the flesh affected by it. Well, it's heavily permanent effect. Harry studied the blackened, burnt flesh and web of grey veins. It looks bad. He's not going to be up to doing anyone for a month or two, she said. And when it's healed as well as it ever will, he'll find the scar and the damage to his muscles will affect his movement. Doesn't much matter, Sirius whispered. I'm the last. Moni's gone. Greyback tore him apart for interfering with the packs. He bragged about it in Azkaban. We'll get Greyback, Harry promised. I'll get him, Sirius said. You need to find those Horcruxes. There's not much of the Ministry left now. Certainly not enough to stop a determined attack should Voldemort throw his full strength into it. And the Order is gone. It's just me, Minerva, Phileas, the Weasleys, and Dumbledore left. We're almost out of time. A cold shiver ran down Harry's spine. The locket, the cup, Nagini. We need to get a Gringotts as soon as possible. Harry shared a long look with Fleur. Go get some rest, Sirius. Fleur cocked her head and waited until Sirius's steps faded away toward the spare bedroom, then snatched Harry's arm and dragged him into her arms. Idiot! she hissed, her eyes flashing pitch black. You run off like that again, Monka, and I will go back to France. Harry's heart seized, and the world ground to a halt. He stared into her hue dark eyes, as everything began to spin, swirling round his head in a whirl of dizzying lightness. The room lurched sideways. Breathe, Fleur shook him. 
He sucked in a gulp of air and groped for the edge of the table. A fist of panic clamped about his throat, hot as flame. Don't go, he gasped. Don't leave. Fleur's eyes faded back to blue. Ah, she whispered. Pardon. I didn't mean that, Monka. She slipped herself back into his arms and ran her fingers through his hair. I will never leave. I will, however, be extremely angry. I couldn't leave Sirius, Harry said. Pretty much ever since Pettigrew escaped, he's been there for me. And he's never let me down. I am not angry you went, she murmured. I am angry you thought you could get away with leaving me behind. Don't even try to deny it. You went out there. You heard you had to go. Then you deliberately sent me a message and operated off without telling me where it was you were going. It was going to be dangerous, Harry whispered. I just... I couldn't do it. Fleur sighed into his neck. It's a good thing we're going to get rid of them all and be free soon, Monka. I may get quite angry if you keep doing this. Harry winced. I don't know if you can forge an official ringot's letter or something to lure the strangers there to. That way we can use them to get into the vault and get rid of two of the last inner circle members. Harry frowned. When school starts again, I'll sneak you in through the chamber to the Room of Requirement to help me plan with Nev and Katie. But I've no idea how to get the strangers to go to Gringotts. We probably won't need to lure the strangers to Gringotts, Blair said. We just have to wait for them to come and try to sort out their frozen vaults. Now the Ministry is losing, the goblins will probably be inclined to listen, and I bet none of the wealthy Death Eaters who have gone to the Vascaban will wait too long to get their hands back on their fortunes. She narrowed her eyes. What I don't see is why we need never or Katie involved. Katie will cover for me with everyone at Hogwarts. Harry weighed up his next words and resigned himself to more fury with a sinking heart. Never will have to be the one who comes in with me. Fleur's eyes darkened. I trust there is a very good reason for that. Polyjuice doesn't work if you're not the same sex, Harry replied. And since Bellatrix is very famously dead, I can come under the cloak of you and the Apollyjuiced. We'll need the cloak to get into the vault. She crossed her arms. I don't like it. I know, but I don't like it. Have you got a better way to sneak in than Polyjuice? Harry asked. Fleur's brow creased and she drummed her fingers on the table. No. And I don't like that either. I'm really not going to like what else I'm going to have to do, Harry murmured. What? Fleur's fingers tightened in his clothes, dragging him tight against her until he could feel every curve of her. What are you going to do? Another ritual? No more rituals. Harry kissed her on the top of her nose. I have nothing left to sacrifice for those. I don't need to be more powerful than Voldemort. I just have to kill him. I can't endure what he's into anyway. I need my perfect wish. We should go to France, Fleur said. If we're out of time, then I'd like to see Gammy before we get stuck fighting here. Harry nodded. We've time enough for that. She laughed. You just want to see the other half of your villa, Harum? Fleur sighed. I can't believe I've sunk so low as to make those jokes myself. The kitchen whirled away into a weak winter sun. The bare branches of the willow tree hung over frost-veiled white pebbles and a cold, clear rippling current. If he is a world away, Fleur murmured. I wish we could stay here. Harry released a long sigh. 
I wish we never had to leave. One day, she cupped his face in her hands and kissed him hard. Hopefully, the next time you come here, you'll never leave. A soft snap echoed over the river, and they appeared amidst Gabby's pile of shoes. There! Ellie! Gabby scampered down the stairs, then clapped her hands over her mouth. Fleur, you promised to warn me before we tried the Villa Sisters' threesome persuasion technique. I'm not wearing my sexy underwear. Harry snorted. That's okay, Gabby, neither am I. She snickered, then darted forward and dragged them both into a tight hug. I miss this feeling, Gabby breathed. It's so beautiful. Is it the feeling of a blossoming Villa bond about to happen? Harry asked. No. A soft laugh escaped Fleur's lips. Is the anticipation of free clafouti? No. Gabby shook her head. It's definitely a villa bond. However, it won't be permanent until after the villa sisters threesome. So? She pointed upstairs, her eyes glowing with mischief. Fleur? Fleur's father sighed from down the hall. There are some things as a father you'd really rather you didn't hear. He shook his head. Half a smile on his face. I'm going to pretend that joke never happened. Your lucky mamma didn't hear that joke, Fleur whispered in Gabby's ear. Find your own boyfriend, you little hobby, before I toss you out of the nest and make an omelette of you. Gabby giggled. Fleur's a bird of prey. She snatches on the red boys from their schools and seduces them, then pecks any other girl who gets too close. And I definitely didn't hear that, Fleur's father remarked. Studying the ceiling, heat crept onto Harry's cheeks, and Gabby's giggling drew louder. No, Fleur pressed a hand over Gabby's mouth. No more chopping from you, little chick. Not unless you don't want to come to Paris with us. Gabby tugged Fleur's hand away from her mouth and extricated herself from the hug. I'd be good. So you will for about three minutes, Harry laughed, then bent to Fleur's ear. We can stay for a little while, if you'd like. We have to wait for the Polyjuice and the Lestranges at Gringotts or for Dumbledore to find the other one. She flashed him a small, warm smile and watched Gabby tossing pairs of shoes out of her pile by the door. I would like that a lot, Fleur murmured. I miss that cheeky harpy. End of chapter 107 For the text of this and other stories, visit alltheblankcanvas.com as well as patreon.com slash the blank canvas. Music by As I Walk Into the Abyss Blinded. QA assistance by Sakiko and Ohana. If you would like to commission me to record a story, voiceover, or character, please get in touch using the contact information on my website, which is located at sangabrielvo.com. And there you can find other stories that I've read, as well as links to my Patreon page, to which I hope you consider subscribing to support me, and my Discord server, where I record things live for your enjoyment. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.